In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Betches Up Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Up Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news, explained by your two funniest friends. Which is us! Yay! And on today's episode, we're talking about this government shutdown, mm-hmm. which will never end, Syria policy reversals, mm-hmm. and RBG, what's happening with her health? Wow. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bat crazy. Ah! You're the pop- Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! Wow, what a new intro. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. We've got yeah. little sound bites in there, mm-hmm. little breakdown little up top. Yeah, yeah we got, mm-hmm. I love, I, I love, love remembering yow. the biaw. Mm-hmm. Wow, remember when that was enough to ruin a candidate's <laughs> chances? I wish it was kind of still that way. Yeah, like he was just a little too enthusiastic yeah. and people were like, no. Yeah, so shout out to our podcast producer, Mike Coscarelli, for making that dope new intro. Yeah, we're really excited and... Uh, we've got so much news. Yeah, Elise, what's getting you through this week in Trump's America? Okay, um, so mine is sort of an umbrella thing. Obviously, we know that the new Congress came into effect last which, week. Which is just getting us through life. Yeah, that's been getting me just in general, I think, going to be getting me through this next year is the 116th Congress. But what's getting me through this week is just the straws that conservatives are grasping at to try to take down some of these new members. Uh, last week... <laughs> This one was really funny. So last week, some like conservative troll person, I tried to find out more about who the person was and it was literally like, this is just a troll account, uh, shared a video of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez dancing to a song from The Breakfast Club while at Boston University. She's on a roof. She's dancing. She looks like she's having fun. Apparently, this was part of a viral dance craze that was going on at the time which i personally don't remember i, don't remember I do not remember it and i didn't participate in it but i i believe that it was a craze uh and he said this person said uh here's america's favorite commie know-it-all acting like a clueless nitwit that she is high school video of quote-unquote sandy ocasio-cortez so this like immediately backfired see i didn't get that i didn't get the sandy thing so this is another thing i was going to say so First of all, the video immediately backfired. Everyone was like, oh, so she had fun in college with her friends. She, she looks really cute. She looks really cute. She's just dancing. It's like, I don't understand. And she's like not wearing, she's like wearing like, she's like appropriately dressed. Yeah. She doesn't do like sexy moves no. or anything. Even, even if she did, it wouldn't be that scandalous. But like she literally is just dancing on a roof and she uh-huh. looks really pretty and yeah, fun. I know. Um, and But the Sandy thing. So this is all part of this like. I mean, they hate her. They're obsessed with her. Anytime we post an article about her on the site, they find it, go crazy on it. Like they're like, they're crazy. They hate her. Um, So this is all part of this thing where they're like, she didn't really grow up in the Bronx. She went to a nice high school in Westchester County, blah, 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 which is like, yeah, that is where she went to high school. She didn't say that she was like, 
They're trying to make it seem like she lied about her background mm-hmm. when she just said she had like a working class family. Yeah. Uh, so, but they're like, she never was like, I was homeless. I lived yeah. on the train. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, my my school was the streets. Like, yeah. that's, that's not no. what she said. And in high school, she went by the nickname Sandy, which is not like a common nickname for Alexandria, but it's yeah. it is one. Yeah, and they, they, yeah, they just can't imagine someone who grew up in the Bronx, like like who's like a minority woman, to not be like disenfranchised. Yeah, they're basically just trying to like they're trying to um Donald Trump Pocahontas her basically uh-huh. like they're trying to say that she isn't who she says she was because she had a nickname and she had fun, and like one guy was like she went to the prestigious Boston University, and I'm like, yeah. uh, uh, but he's a nice school. If, she, if they said Boston College, maybe I'd be like that's a little more prestigious. I, I was like B. BU is a nice school. I know a lot of great, very smart people who went to BU, but it's not like the marker of wealth that also, you went to yeah. BU. Also, like BU is like right next to MIT, Harvard, Boston College, which are all like much ritzier. Yeah, it's, it's just very funny. So they're, I mean, they're obsessed with trying to take her down in every way, shape or form. And that's, and then, um, so that's the AOC yeah, stuff. That's and that going one got like a lot of backlash because basically everyone's like, oh, wow, she looks awesome. And then yeah. she like recorded a video of herself dancing uh, to that like, whoa, uh, yeah, what yeah. is it good for? And she's like, look, Congresswoman dance too. Yeah. And everyone It was it. her dancing in front of her new office. She has 1.5 million Instagram followers now. Yeah, so they're like, just, they're just so freaked out. There was actually a really good thread that I saw Patton Oswalt retweet about it that was like, first it was just a picture of AOC on one side and then Paul Ryan's like weird workout photos and he was like this is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez as a college student dancing this apparently makes her a nitwit this is Paul Ryan at age 42 who thought this was a good (laughs) idea and he was considered a genius a policy genius also he got into he started in Congress oh JFK started in Congress at 30 yeah. Um, Paul Ryan was same age and no one was fucking shitting on these motherfuckers. And someone, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting it now, but some conservative pundit also called her a little girl on TV this week. Yeah. Like they are so scared of her because she doesn't play by their rules. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really care yeah. about their and like whole thing. I think they were hoping that this this new group of Democrats who are like more progressive and a little bit more like liberal would be similar thorn in the side as the Tea Party was to the Republicans when Obama was elected. And it's just not seemed to be happening. Like they all voted for uh, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. It seems like they're like a little bit more. I mean, we'll see when more things come up, but like, it seems like they have a little bit more like big picture goals in mind. So the other thing that happened is another new Congresswoman, uh, Rashida Tlaib, who is the first Palestinian woman in Congress. So she gets sworn in on Thursday. Later on Thursday, she goes to a rally where she says that uh, she promises to impeach the motherfucker, the motherfucker (laughs) obviously being President Trump. Everyone freaked out immediately. They're like, these comments are disgraceful. Trump called the remarks disgraceful, which is hilarious. Hilarious. Um, and then he's also, it's also forced him to go back to this like thing that he keeps saying. That's one of my favorite Trump arguments ever, which is how can you impeach someone who's doing such a good job, (laughs) (laughs) which is like, first of all, you're one, you're not doing a very good job, No. but two, you can impeach someone who's doing a good job. If they commit an impeachable offense, it's not based on if you're doing a good job. It's It's like, you know, (laughs) Les Moonves really did a great job of like rebuilding CBS Let's not. Yeah, we Let's can't not fire, fire him, him, even though he like sexually assaulted like set dozens of women. Yeah, I mean it's it's so funny because 
Yeah, how can you impeach someone who's doing a great job is just my favorite new line of his. Like, it's so desperate and sad and weird. Um, but, you know, like, when Republicans took the road of Trump, they basically, they, they've they lost the high road mm-hmm. in any single argument because it's like, really, you're going to get upset about this? It's yeah. like, it's, it's, it, it, it's just, you know, hypocritical. Also, I will say that Dan Savage has been selling ITMFA merchandise, which stands for impeach the motherfucker already for a mm-hmm. long time. I have an ITMFA pin. Uh, one time I was on a flight from the South and the stewardess asked me what it stood for. And I told her and it got really tense and weird between the two of us. <laughs> uh, so impeach the motherfucker is, is it's being said at tables across America. <laughs> so those are the things that are getting me through the week. Brian, you have something really exciting that I know is getting you yes. through the week. So we've talked about this story in passing before. Um, you guys probably are familiar with it because celebs such as Kim K, Amy Schumer, Ashley Judd, and the god among the goddess amongst men, Rihanna, have all tweeted about it. Um, so the governor of Tennessee, Bill Haslam, has granted full clemency to Centoya Brown. Hooray! Yay! So. You guys remember, remember this uh, when Satoya Brown was 16, she was sex trafficked and mm-hmm. was was having about to have sex with this man. She was 16 years old. Yeah. And she thought he might kill her. So she and she shot him and he died. Mm-hmm. She ended up being sentenced to life in prison. Yeah. And wasn't eligible for parole for uh, 51 years. And so it's been like a lot of people have been talking about it, how it's like a little it's it's way too aggressive of a punishment yeah. for the crime she committed like even if she should have been whatever yeah so, and then we've compared it you know to like your Brock Turner's like yeah. people who like like young white men who commit like assaults or yeah. other the, there was that affluenza teen who like killed people drunk yes. driving and then they were like it would be too shocking for him to go to jail like stuff like that yeah, so the governor of Tennessee uh, released a statement when he uh, granted her full clemency. He said, Centoya Brown committed, by her own admission, a horrific crime at the age of 16, yet imposing a life sentence on a juvenile that would require her to serve at least 51 years before even being eligible for parole consideration is too harsh, especially in light of the extraordinary steps Ms. Brown has taken to rebuild her life. Transformation should be accompanied by hope. Okay. So... I mean, hopefully this brings to light more cases that are similar and maybe more clemency can yeah. be granted. Because she um, did serve 15 years already. Yeah, she's in her 30s. Yeah. And um, I think they said that she should be out by August now. That's um, great. Yeah, so. Another win for Kim K. Yeah. <laughs> the real story here is that <laughs> Kim K has succeeded yet again. <laughs> yeah, she, we really need to change the word criminal justice reform to have a K. Yes, it. exactly. Um, but yeah, Kim K is one of the celebrities who tweeted about Centoya Brown, Amy Schumer, Ashley Judd, Rihanna. There was a lot of like attention on this case. Mm-hmm. But every time you see like one of these big cases, you also have to remember that there are like a million people just like Centoya Brown. Yeah. Who we should also help. And maybe the new criminal justice reform kick... Yeah. That seems to be going on. Mm-hmm. The First Step Act. Well, we just happened. Ha- they just passed a bill in the Senate, which we weren't able to talk much about because we have a crazy government shutdown and crazy president. Yes, so. but they passed the First Step Act and President Trump signed it. So we did like it's happening. It's happening. It is the First Step Act, yeah. not all of the Steps Act. Yeah, so so we have to keep this, working. Maybe this is the year of realizing stuff. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> all right. Should we get into the main news? Yeah. 
Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. The shutdown. <laughs> the government is still shut down. We're on day 16, which Third is my week. lucky number. Wow. Yeah, my I lucky have, number is 15. Oh, wow. I have a tattoo without 16 on it. Just so you know. Wow. 15 is just because my birthday is on the 15th. Um, so, okay. There's a lot. There's both a lot of stuff and like no stuff happening with the shutdown. Uh, mm. This weekend, they, there was a meeting at the White House with top congressional aides, White House officials and Mike Pence, which is so funny because I'm like, why are we still bringing Mike Pence to meetings? Also, it's like you're meeting with congressional aides and like his staff. He's not he didn't actually meet with any Congress people. Yeah, I think maybe Schumer and Pelosi also went like I think there were yeah. people but, like, there. Even like leading up to the talk, Trump was like, Nothing's gonna come at us. <laughs> he's, yes, he's like, I don't think anything's gonna happen. But and, and after the meeting, Mick Mulvaney said that, and I quote, "No progress was made." <laughs> so, so that's great. Uh, Trump is headed to Camp David now, and on his way out, he floated the idea of declaring a national emergency to get the wall. So I was like, anytime he says he's gonna do something, I'm like, can he do that? Yeah. So I googled it. Uh, fired up the old Google search and it looks like under uh, the 1976 National Emergencies Act, uh, the president can declare a national emergency, but he has to cite a specific reason why he's activating the emergency powers. But there are hundreds of reasons <laughs> that are allowed. Um, and under the powers delegated, so let's say he does declare a, a national emergency, the president may then seize property, organize and control the means of production, seize commodities, assign military forces abroad, institute martial law, seize and control all transportation and communication, regulate the operation of private enterprise, restrict travel, and in a variety of ways control the lives of the citizens of the United States. Which just doesn't yeah. make me feel... Mm -hmm. calm and happy mm -hmm. to hear um no <laughs> i really don't want him uh i don't like the idea of him seizing control kind of of anything <laughs> instituting martial law does not seem like a good that option. does not sound good um, and so, and it says here, an immigration emergency is defined as an influx of aliens, which either is of such magnitude or exhibits such other characteristics that effective administration of the immigration laws of the United States is beyond the existing capabilities. Um, so just some fact checking. We are at a, like a decade long low point of illegal migration from the Southern border. I know. Um, 
this weekend, uh, Sarah Sanders went on Fox News, mm-hmm. and in the past like week, a uh, couple weeks, uh, Kirsten Nielsen, uh, the head of Homeland Security, and President Trump have been floating this number about they've apprehended four thousand terrorists at the border. Um, and Sarah Sanders tried to use this on Chris, Chris Wallace. Wallace, and Chris Wallace was like, "Actually, Sarah, that's not true." And he was and like, it "No, was great." He was like, "No, they were all apprehended." trying to fly yeah. like none of none of those four thousand people were apprehended like trying to cross the southern border like again planes yeah mean that the wall <laughs> won't work it's just like i it's just so idiotic that we're having this conversation I um just, yeah it's it's and like like you wrote in the stuff today how they originally came up with the the wall idea as like Trump, like during uh, the campaign, the campaign officials came up with the wall to remind him to talk about immigration. Yeah. And Trump at the time would even say, oh, the crowd seems a little, if the crowd seems a little like down and a little quiet, I'll say, oh, what about that wall? We got to build that wall. And everyone starts cheering. So I'll yeah. use it as a cheering point. Yeah. It was literally just something he would say to like keep him like it just is something to keep him on task. And now we've shut down the government over it. He might declare a national emergency, which if he does, that's very scary. Congress can terminate a declared emergency, but it requires a joint resolution, which would mean that Mitch McConnell in the Senate would have to agree with the Democrats in the House yeah. that it's not a national emergency. And, so, and I just don't see no. Mitch McConnell doing that. Well, Mitch McConnell, they they passed a bill in the Senate that the House, the House Democrats were going to pass. Yeah. And then Trump said he wouldn't sign it. And now Mitch McConnell won't even bring a vote, even though the Republicans may have the like they may have yeah. the votes like like I know that Susan Collins would probably vote for opening, op- the, government. opening the government, with but they all, won't do it with all of the Democrats. Th- like, there's actually a good chance that there's like there is a veto proof like majority in the Senate that would pass a bill to open the government, but Mitch McConnell will not bring it up. Yeah. And then the House would pass it. So th- actually, Congress could reopen the government, too. Yeah. But. Not as long as Mitch McConnell. And what Mitch McConnell finds worthy of his time and the Senate's time right now is that the first bill they brought to the floor in this new Senate was about uh, companies like, uh, what's the word? It's like affecting companies like that uh, boycotting Israel, like saying how that should be illegal. Because like there's this whole movement up among people who don't like, they, they'll boycott Israeli products because of like the situation in Israel and Palestine mm-hmm. and on the border, Gaza border there. And so the first bill they brought was like, uh, you should not boycott Israel. Yeah, that's <laughs> that was really, we really needed to get that was, on the books right now. Million, I mean, thousands of people aren't getting paychecks, but let's make sure that people know. It also just doesn't seem very First Amendment. Yeah, friendly. I mean, it seems like you should be able to boycott whatever products you want, but... Whatever. Whatever. President Trump is going to seize control of all transportation and communications. (laughs) Okay, cool. So you you may not even be hearing this podcast. Yeah, exactly. President Trump has seized control of the podcast. (laughs) We can't put it out anymore. Um, So, okay. Uh, So before leaving for Camp David, President Trump also said that his version of a compromise is that he no longer wants a concrete wall. He's willing to settle for these steel slats. And he's like, this is a good solution. I don't yeah. know what is going on with the steel slats. I've never thought about steel slats or heard of steel slats before this time in my life. Now I'm constantly thinking about steel slats. Yeah. Um, and then on Thursday of this week, 
Trump is going to go to the U.S.-Mexico border, which Sarah Sanders said was him meeting with those on the front lines. Yeah, that little girl in like her diapers and the mom yeah. in the frozen T-shirt. It's like... I saw someone tweet saying that um, we should just tell him that we built it and just not built it. I actually think that that would work. I know. But the other thing is like they're asking for this money, but they're not also explaining how they'll use it once they get it. I think that we could actually tell all of the people who want the wall that they built it and not actually build it and and it would like be fine. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe we could pass a bill that says we all agree that there is a wall, even though like there isn't one. We just yeah. all agree to say that there's it's a wall. such a good wall. It's invisible. Yeah. 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 We, we, we agree. We all agree like as a country that you have to just say that there's a wall. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the compromise. Invisible um, force field. I used to use that with my cousin. He used to beat me up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> see, we're, hey, it, it worked. worked. Uh, it worked in that instance. It can work here. Yeah. So I was looking more into like who's affected by this because obviously there are many people going without paychecks. We talked a little bit on the last episode about government contractors who don't get paid. But here's another one that as someone who's a nervous flyer mm-hmm. freaks me out. So uh, TSA agents will probably miss a paycheck this coming Friday. And now large numbers of TSA agents have been calling out sick and they're calling it the blue flu because TSA agents wear blue. On Friday, 5.5% of TSA's workforce called out sick compared with 3.5% on a normal day. Yes. Um, Um, I'm flying on Friday and I'm very nervous. Yeah, I fly next week and I just don't love that. We don't have all our TSA agents. Considering 4,000 terrorists were apprehended (laughs) flying, or so I have read. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I would really prefer if the TSA agents were getting paid. And I don't blame them for calling out sick. If I wasn't getting fucking paid, I would be like, (laughs) exactly. Um, So, not only are obviously a lot of other government agencies are being affected, the Department of Housing and Urban Development has just sent out to people uh, sent out notices that they might be evicted to people who uh, benefit from subsidized housing. Um, Amazing. If the government is not reopened by before February, the nation's food stamp uh, program could have their assistance disrupted. Great. Which also includes the food distribution program on Indian reservations and the special supplemental nutrition program for women, infants, and children, which provides formula for um, impoverished mothers. So we may be taking away formula from... We might actually be taking candies, a.k.a. food, from babies. Babies. For a wall that isn't going to work because of planes. (laughs) (laughs) And ladders and tunnels. And ladders and tunnels and just, in general, thousands and thousands of years of human (laughs) innovation. (laughs) (laughs) made a wall not necessary god i I, there was a congressman on the talk shows this weekend and he was saying something about it's like you bring back a wall we might as well bring back rowboats catapults yeah let's get a fuckload of horses (laughs) yeah the cavalry let's dig a moat around both the, the i would do a northern Let's do Southern Wall, Northern Moat. Oh, I love that. I love a Northern yeah, Moat. That's cute. Honestly, five billion for what the is- wall, ten billion for the moat. <laughs> <laughs> and I am. Why sold. not a moat? You know, and then we could be like a like a new Panama Canal. 
Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to write my congressman. Let's write let's all write to Trump and ask if he's considered doing a yeah. moat. <laughs> and then we could have the only entry point there can be a big bridge yes. and there's just one guy who like either like you have to yell at him and he's like enter and then yeah. he like kind of like lets the bridge go down. Yeah. It's very Monty Python. I, yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, um Hopefully the government will reopen soon before all, before we start taking food away from children. Yeah, I know. The sad thing about it is as you were reading all that stuff, I was like, oh yeah, Trump doesn't care about any of these people and mm. their plight is not going to, like, he's not going to be like, oh, the people on food stamps aren't getting their food stamps. He would be like, well, maybe they'll fucking get a job now. Yeah. Like, that's his mentality. There were, and um, MSNBC was interviewing this man uh, who's a government employee. He said he made a uh, contractor, I think. So I don't think he will be making back pay. And he was just, he's a grown man who works like in the mid in the Midwest and he's crying. He voted for Trump. He made $60,000 a year, but he's not getting paid. He has two children. He's divorced. He's raising them by himself. And a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck in yeah. this country. And he doesn't use government subsidies that, you know, that these Republicans are saying like they may not even deserve. Yeah. And he's trying to do it the right way and he's still getting fucked. And I mean, just like so many things, Obviously, this policy is going to affect the people who live paycheck to paycheck, the people mm-hmm. who are poor, the people who don't have a stable income, the people who need SNAP, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to affect them before it affects anyone in power yeah. at and all. Af- and affecting anyone coming by the southern border. Yeah. And they're all coming at legal points of entry usually. So, <sighs> so okay. Whatever. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Next up, uh, we have a little update about what's our Syria policy, which is... (laughs) It's just interesting. Uh, So you guys might remember that 
President Trump just kind of randomly announced uh, two weeks ago that we were going to pull all troops out of Syria in 30 days. And mm-hmm. everyone was like, what? And then... Um, and then, and, you know, Mattis resigned. Yeah, Jim uh, Mattis resigned. Brett McGurk, the guy leading the Syrian effort in Syria, resigned. Um, it was yeah, a whole thing. On Saturday, the Department of Defense Chief of Staff, Kevin Sweeney, became the third senior Pentagon official to announce his resignation since the announcement. So, so yeah. great. So, basically, John Bolton, the National Security Advisor, he went on sort of like an apology tour to Israel and Turkey this week. That's basically like a damage control mission to be like, don't worry, we're not going to do this in a way that fucks you guys over. And uh, in a statement to reporters, he basically walked back to the entire policy and he said he laid out conditions that could leave American forces in Syria for months or even years. Um, Basically, he said that American forces will remain in Syria until the last remnants of the Islamic State are defeated and Turkey provides guarantees that it would not strike Kurdish forces allied with the U.S., which is weird because Trump said that ISIS was defeated. I thought he said ISIS was defeated. I thought that we defeated ISIS. I'm confused. So, um, yeah, Trump had announced on the 19th of December that we would pull out within 30 days. That definitely looks like it's not happening. <laughs> no. Um, and now, also before leaving for Camp David, he just really like laid out a lot of information before leaving for Camp David, um, which I love. I love just spewing a bunch of nonsense and then getting in a <laughs> helicopter and like flying away. <laughs> Just being like, everyone deal with this. Like, yeah. I just said a bunch of shit. Yeah. Uh, so he said, uh, we're going to be removing troops. I never said we were doing it that quickly. He did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he said, we're pulling out of Syria and we won't finally be pulled out until ISIS is gone, which I'm like, you t- you said that gone. ISIS was gone. I love, you know, it's so funny. It'd be, it would be fun to have that power to be like making all these announcements and then just leaving. Yeah. Like, and then people like, and then have people justify it. I would love just once in my life to make an announcement and then immediately get on a helicopter. (laughs) I don't know what would happen in my life that would make that necessary, but I would love to do it. And mermaids are real. Okay. See y'all later. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Goodbye. And then I just like fly away (laughs) and everyone's like, whoa, what? (laughs) Like, I think that's, I, I think that that does sound fun. And if I was president, I would do that. It's just like, it's just another thing that he does that he's done that just it's all cyclical he just lies i think that he genuinely forgets things that he says yeah like i think that he only is saying anything like i think that he would have let bolton just completely reverse it and not ever thought about it again but then the new york times put out an article saying it was reversed and he had to be like no i didn't reverse my policy yeah but i don't think he remembers anything well he doesn't remember that like tweets live forever either no it's like he'll tweet something and then he'll be like i never said that and then it's like bro you, you typed it and posted it like the the china climate uh climate, climate change, change is a yes. hoax created by the chinese like and when hillary clinton's like he thinks that she's like i don't think that's like, bro you said you, it. you said it and we can and it's also funny how many times that's happened and like the lesson doesn't sink in in any way which mm-hmm. is just interesting it's just interesting the way that he sort of operates so, <laughs> in general yeah, so it looks like despite all the people leaving and resigning over this announcement it's not happening yeah it's it's a big old mess yeah i mean it's just that all of this every single thing that we've talked about today is just that he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and yeah. just says shit and then all these people have to make that shit happen he makes everyone's lives harder yeah. Like, whose life is he making easier or better? I don't know. The Brits? Or the tax cut? Is that about it? 
Like what? Who, who has he benefited? Maybe, but it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't know. People who like trolls who like to see sadness. Yeah. They like, I just want to see the status quo fucked up. Yeah. Like, ha ha, saying liberals. Yeah. Uh, like they're really sad. Like people who like that, yeah. I think are happy. People who like chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Agents of chaos, the mm-hmm. Joker, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of people like yeah. that. He's appealing to the villain in all of us yeah exactly and i think he makes people be villains too Uh like i think he's contributed like the internet discourse online has been bad for a long time but i think he's contributed to it being even worse well you know i was talking i was talking i was talking to michelle obama Mm -hmm. i was listening to michelle obama Mm -hmm. uh, because i not reading her book i'm listening to her book Ooh, yeah, does she, she do the audiobook, she does the audiobook. Uh, it's amazing. i love when they do their own and audiobook she has this whole uh section about how because donald trump is basically the guy behind birtherism like he's yeah brought it to the daylight and people someone drove to to dc with a semi-automatic rifle and fired it at the white house it lodged in into windows and ricocheted off the roof they just i never, had no idea yeah. and she's like i will never forget and people were like like they had up their security because of the lies that he was spewing then. And he's only, he's only like, he hasn't helped discourse since like, he's been spewing discourse for years now. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't talk about it. Cause they're like, we don't want to give this guy, like we don't want to give anyone else ideas. Wow. That's so scary. Yeah. And she said, she'll never forgive him for, cause like her, she wasn't there. Obama wasn't there, but her daughter was there. Ugh. God and Bo, their little dog. Their dog. What if something had happened to Bo? <laughs> I started screaming. Yeah. <laughs> the podcast just ends. Yeah. <laughs> Trump seizes the podcast in that exact moment. Um, okay, let's get on to one more thing. This one more thing gives me anxiety mm-hmm. and depression. <laughs> yeah. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg is out sick for the first time in over twenty-five years as she recuperates from. Her cancer surgery last month. Yeah, she's not hearing. I guess there are oral arguments going before the Supreme Court today, and this is the first time she has ever missed them. And I just hope that she's in the bath with Mm -hmm. a face mask Mm -hmm. and a bath bomb. Apparently, she's still working. She's working from home. She's (sighs) WFH. Uh, and I bet she's really working from home. Yeah. Like she's not even lying. I like know. when I'm working from home, I'm smoking weed and watching reality TV television. with Slack on loud in yeah. case anyone can. Yeah. I think that I bet Ruth is actually working. Yeah, like, I think she's actually working. I think that she's like really putting it in. Ruth, I just am sending you all the health and all the love in the world. And know that you don't have to continue on for us, but we would really love it if you did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, just try. Yeah, like you don't have to. Two more years, girl. Put your health at risk for all of us, but we would so appreciate it yeah. if you continue to do just, so. Just wait two years. I know that's a long time, but you know you can. And do we're it. doing everything we can on the ground <laughs> to make it so that maybe it's less time. We're yeah. doing our work too. <laughs> like, we are trying to reduce this time for you. Yes. <laughs> like, oh god so yeah everyone keep hearing your thoughts and prayers here's a question that i already know the answer to but it's a fun hypothetical for the end do you think that if ruth bader ginsburg left her position the year before the 2020 election that mitch mcconnell will hold the seat open because the voters have a right to choose who's going to put the supreme court person in because of the upcoming election no 
<laughs> That's what I was thinking. Absolutely. Absolutely not. under no circumstances he is, would he do. He's an evil man. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> he's an evil man who does evil things and doesn't care about. There is no one that I can count on more to do the most like fucked up and corrupt thing mm-hmm. and hypocritical things. like anytime they're like well mitch mcconnell could i'm like he's not going yeah <laughs> don't even he's not going to no he's not okay guys that brings us to the end of our show until the end of democracy i'm elise morales I'm Brian Smith. and this is the betches sup podcast betches